بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم In the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger we continue the uh, explanation of the uh, book entitled the important lessons for the Muslim Ummah and uh, we have reached uh, Surat Al-Feel we have reached Surat Al-Feel and this is chapter 105 chapter 105 in the collection of the surahs which the Shaykh Rahimahullah had put in the beginning as a reminder for the Muslims to get to memorize and understand. In this surah, قال الله تعالى ألم ترى كيف فعل ربك بأصحاب الفيل ألم يجعل كيدهم في تضليل وأرسل عليهم طيرا أبابيل ترميهم بحجارة من سجيل فجعلهم كعصف مأكول Have you not seen how your Lord dealt with the owners of the elephant? Did he not make their plot go astray and sent against them birds and flocks striking them with stones of sigil and made them like an empty field of stocks of which the corn has been eaten up by cattle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is addressing the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam or addressing everyone entitled to receive an address and accordingly when the khitab, when the address is to the Prophet alayhi salatu then it is an address for him and for the ummah because his ummah, his nation follows him and in accordance with the second understanding that the address is general to him and to his ummah Khitab, the address is general to him and to his ummah ibtida'an initially here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing as to what he did to the people of the elephant the owners of the elephant and who are the owners of the elephant their story 
happened at the time period of the birth year of the Prophet alayhi salatu and they were from the people of Yemen Abraha al-Ashram was the governor of Yemen on behalf of the king of Ethiopia on behalf of the king of Ethiopia because Yemen was a part of the Ethiopian kingdom he Abraha thought of building a house like the Kaaba at Mecca he thought of building it in Sana'a the capital of Yemen and called the Arabs to perform the pilgrimage therein in Sana'a instead of the Kaaba so he intended to sway them away from the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also to divert the trade and benefits from Mecca to Yemen he presented his idea to the king of Ethiopia who agreed to his idea so this house, the church was built in Yemen no church was or there was no church of its like at that time then a man from the Quraysh tribe of Mecca came there and was infuriated by it so he relieved his nature stools and urine in it soiled its walls and went away when Abraha saw that he could not control his anger and he raised an army to invade Mecca and to demolish the Kaaba he had in that army some elephants six and some reports mention 13 and amongst them was a great elephant the biggest of them so that army proceeded and none amongst the Arab tribes that faced them fought against them but was killed and defeated till it approached near Mecca then there took place negotiations between Abraha and the chief of Mecca Abdul Muttalib bin Hashim the grandfather of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
and it was concluded that Abraha would restore the camels of Abdul Muttalib which he had taken away and then Abraha would decide himself as regards the Kaaba Abdul Muttalib ordered the men of Mecca to evacuate the city and go to the top of the mountains along with their wives and children in case some harm should come to them from the invading army then that army moved towards Mecca till they reached the valley of Muhassib and to a place which is called Al-Muhammas while the army was marching towards Mecca in the middle of the valley suddenly it was overtaken by flocks of birds that great elephant every time they directed him in the direction of the Kaaba he stubbornly held to his place or is stubbornly held to its place and whenever they directed him to the direction of Yemen it went on running and this is a sign from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so they stayed there until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the flocks of birds flocks after flocks air raiding that army with small stones from Sijil from baked clay which is hard and these stones were small slightly bigger than a lentil seed there never fell a stone on a soldier except it penetrate except that it penetrates his head and comes out from his rectum dissolving his flesh and bursting into pieces so they perished with the total destruction alhamdulillah who preserved his house Abraha fled away while his flesh was bursting into pieces till he died on the way back to Yemen and such was the victory bestowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the all majestic the all powerful to the people of Mecca and such was the protection provided by him for his house this is overall the story this great story in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us as to what he how he dealt with the owners of the elephants and with their plots and this is the situation regarding anyone who intends harm to the truth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns his plot against him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Kaaba from this great elephant yet we know that in the end of time 
a man from Abyssinia will conquer the Kaaba and will demolish it stone by stone leveling it to the ground this story of the elephant was an introduction a prelude to the sending of the Prophet والسلام, as a messenger calling to Allah and as in the situation in the end of time if the people of the Kaaba would not respect it and if they would incline into evil therein and wrongdoings and will not properly estimate the magnificence of this house then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would allow for that person from Abyssinia from the Habasha, Ethiopia to destroy it and to level it and in this there is a lesson for the people of Mecca in particular to beware from sins and major sins lest they dishonor the Kaaba and Allah humiliates them we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our deen and his house from the plot of the plotters innahu ala kulli shayin qadir he is all able to do all things this brings the end of this surah then we're going to move now to surah 106 surah Quraysh الله تعالى لإلاف قريش إلافهم رحلة الشتاء والصيف فليعبدوا رب هذا البيت الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف It is a great grace and protection from Allah for the taming of the Quraysh and with all those Allah's grace and protections for their taming we cause the Quraysh caravans to set forth safe in winter to the south and in summer to the north without any fear so let them worship Allah the Lord of this house he who has fed them against hunger and has made them safe from fear this surah is connected to the previous one since the previous one
showed clearly the favor and the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon the people of Mecca in relation to what he did to the owners of the elephant who intended to, intended to destroy the Kaaba so Allah bestowed upon them from his favors a protection and this surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us another grace and blessing and favor a great one upon the people of Mecca the Qurayshis and that is Ilafihim twice in one year in each year the taming of the Quraysh setting the caravans to set forth safe in winter and in summer Ilaf means combining and putting together and this refers to the trade which they used to do once in the winter and once in the south as to the winter they proceeded with their caravans to the south in the direction of Yemen in order to get the produce because the climate is suitable as to the summer the caravans would go to Asham the greater Syria area because this is mostly the trade with fruits that they would bring back to their homes and therefore it is a grace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these two journeys in, the te- in, this, in these two caravans many benefits are gained from this trait so let them worship Allah the Lord of this house being grateful to him for this blessing and this favor so Allah is reminding them of his favors so that they should worship him alone and the worship is submission humbling oneself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah Azza wa Jal the mighty and magnificent and majestic out of love and magnification humbling oneself obeying him and his stance towards the commands of Allah and or his messenger is submission and obedience
out of love and magnification through love the person would carry on the command execute them and through magnification he will abandon the forbidden matters out of fear due to the magnification of the most mighty and most majestic this is one meaning of the meanings of ibadah of worship and Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah defined it as a comprehensive term al-ibadah worship as a comprehensive term covering all that which Allah loves and is pleased with from actions, sayings, apparent and hidden so let them worship Allah Rabb hadha al-bayt the Lord of this house meaning the magnificent Kaaba Allah added it added the it to his self in conjugation when he subhanahu wa ta'ala said in surah al-hajj chapter 22 26 in Surah Al-Hajj And remember when we showed Ibrahim the site of the sacred house saying, associate not anything in worship with me and make prostration. Sanctify my house for those who circulate it and those who stand up for prayer and those who bow, submit themselves with humility and obedience to Allah and make prostration in prayer وَطَهِّرْ بَيْتِيَ and sanctify my house you see now here he said subhanahu wa ta'ala my house in this surah he said the lord of this house worship let them worship the lord of this house So the Lord of this house He added his rububiyyah, his lordship To this house And conjugating Or adding or relating the lordship to this house Is by way of honoring And magnification And in the verse In Surah Al-Hajj My house And sanctify my house Allah related or conjugated or added the house to himself 
by way of honor and magnification signifying the greatness and magnificence of this house in another verse in Surah An-Naml chapter 27 verse 91 قال الله تعالى إنما أمرت أن أعبد رب هذه البلدة الذي حرمها وله كل شيء وله كل شيء I have been commanded only to worship the Lord of this city the Lord of this city الذي him who has sanctified it and his is everything listen please carefully listen carefully to the wording here follow with me carefully there is a, an important benefit in this verse I have been commanded only to worship the Lord of this city do you stop here look him who has sanctified it and his is everything and his is everything right why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say here and his is everything read the verse again the meaning and his is everything lest Any person may think and conclude that Allah is the Lord of this city alone. So he added here and his is everything in order to make clear that his kingdom is comprehensive. Lest the mushriks claim that he is the Lord of this city alone in the verses in Surah Quraysh there is the magnification of the house and that's why it was mentioned alone So Allah reminds the Qurayshis الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف Let's have the verse please الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف الذي الذي who has fed them الذي this is a صفه للرب سبحانه وتعالى this is an attribute to Allah he who has and therefore it is fitting now to stop when you recite and recite as follows فليعبدوا رب هذا البيت and stop 
pause. Then you say, الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ He who has fed them. Because if you don't stop, if you don't pause, then you will read as follows. فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتَ الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ So let them worship the Lord of this house, الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ Who fed them against hunger. So, the person who may hear the voice, who may hear now the statement in this way, would think that الَّذِي is an attribute to the house. So therefore the correct recitation would be فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Pause الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ He who fed them Because here the attribute is for Allah The one who fed them Against hunger And has made them safe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing his favor The apparent and the hidden so, feeding them against hunger is a protection from destruction. And this is something hidden. This is referring to the food intake which they take. And then, this is one protection for, for the inward. And has made them safe from fear. This is in the outward. Because fear is apparent when the land is seized by the enemy and its people fear and then go out, they don't go out and they resort to shelters and so forth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here reminded them by His favors, the outward and the inward. And then آمنهم من خوف in this safe place in Mecca made them safe for fear from fear in this safe place of Mecca Mecca is sanctified game hunting is forbidden chasing or disturbing or molesting are forbidden Cutting its thorny bushes is forbidden. Cutting its trees and vegetation, fresh grass is forbidden. Also, picking dropped articles in it is forbidden. The Prophet ﷺ said, things dropped or fallen in it in the haram territory, in the sanctified territory of Mecca, should not be picked up except by the one who would announce it publicly. 
also it is forbidden to carry weapons in it and no one shall enter the sanctuary of Mecca who never came to it before from Muslims except in a state of Ihram and the Medina however has a state of sanctuary but lesser in degree than Mecca for example in Medina a person may take from the trees for the fodder of his camel and the hunting in Medina there is no prescribed penalty for game hunting in the Haram territory of Medina in comparison so the greatest safe place is Mecca the trees even are safe and secure in it and the game hunting And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds his slave about his slaves about this favor. As in Surah Al Ankabut twenty nine verse sixty seven. in Surah Al-Ankabut have they not seen that we have made Mecca a sanctuary secure and that men are being snatched away from all around them meaning shouldn't they give thanks to Allah and be grateful so this whole Surah of Quraysh is a a reminder for the Quraysh as to the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon them in having this great house in it, in Mecca, and in the security against fear and in against hunger. If someone asks the question, what's the duty of Quraysh towards this Mecca, towards this Ni'mah, Also, what is the duty of anyone who comes to Mecca, whether from Quraysh or otherwise? The duty is to give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? by being obedient to him fulfilling his commands and abstaining from his prohibitions and that's why if sins 
increase and amplify in the haram then the danger of punishment upon its people far exceeds that upon others who may do the same sins in other places because of the status of the place and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah al-hajj in 22-25 وَمَنْ يُرِدْ فِيهِ بِإِلْحَادٍ بِظُلْمٍ نُضِقْهُ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Verily those who disbelieve and, and whoever inclines to evil actions therein or to do wrong practice polytheism, leave Islamic monotheism, do wrong, him we shall cause to taste a painful torment. And, and, and just contemplate the verse carefully. And whoever inclines to evil actions, not to mention the one who does, whoever inclines to evil actions, and the duty upon the Muslim is to all the time remember the grace of Allah upon him in all places not only in Mecca this land walhamdulillah is of the safest and most secure of the lands on the face of the earth Allah gave its people and saved them against hunger and of fear and protected them and therefore we should be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this favor and cooperate on that which is upright and pious and enjoin what's good and forbid what's evil and to call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based upon sure knowledge and without rushing and that we should be brothers in deen truly in harmony and the duty upon us and especially the seekers of knowledge if that they differ is that to consult and discuss the matters calmly matters whereby the, the truth is sought and whenever the truth becomes clear then it's a duty bound to follow it and no one should stubbornly stand for his opinion because the person is not an infallible legislator so that he says that his opinion is the true one 
and only true one. The duty upon the believers is to be as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended for them. As in Surah Al-Ahzab in 33-36 وَمَكَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَا يَعْصِ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا مُبِينًا It is not for a believer man or woman when Allah and his messenger have decreed a matter that they should have any option in their decision and whoever disobeys Allah and his messenger he has indeed strayed in a plain error as for the person then stubbornly holds to his opinion insisting upon it even though it is not correct then this is wrong definitely wrong and this is from the way of the mushriks who disdained to follow the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they said as in surah al-zukhruf 43:22 inna wajadna aba'ana ala ummatin wa inna ala atharihim muhtadun إِنَّا وَجَدْنَا آبَاءَنَا عَلَىٰ أُمَّةٍ وَإِنَّا عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ Maybe the numbering
Can we have the verse, please? Nay, they say we found our fathers following a certain way and religion, and we guide ourselves by their footsteps. This is the path of the mushriks, stubbornly disdaining the truth, rejecting it. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to preserve for us the ni'mah of Islam and security in the land and to make us brothers in harmony upon the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he subhanahu wa ta'ala is all able to do all things walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam